to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you're having a blessed day today. We actually got some cooler weather down here in Florida, which is nice, finally. It's middle of November, <laughs> so it's not 90 degrees anymore. And I was... It, it, the more I'm starting to talk to people, the more I'm starting to find out how frustrated almost everybody is, but nobody's willing to say anything about it or stand up to anything about it. Hey, I had to go to Lowe's this morning to get some more materials. I'm still working on some sections of my house. and talking to one of my buddies who's helping me out, and I said, dude, when are they going to make you guys not wear masks? And he's got this, like, tiny little mask now that he, like, wears around his chin just because, I mean, it's like, it doesn't even do anything. He just kind of, like, wears it now because that's what their policy is. And he goes, the managers pretty much have told us, suck it up and deal with it. This is the new normal, and just this for the foreseeable future, there's going to be a mask mandate at Lowe's as far as for the employees. Now, customers, they don't say anything to us at all. I don't wear a mask when I go in there. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, that's pretty much what they're saying now. He goes, here in Auburndale, nobody really cares that much. He said, so we now have these, like, little masks we wear around our beards. They're like beard diapers. <laughs> I started laughing. I said, yeah, I know. He goes, well, it's what it is. And yesterday I went to SunTrust, my bank over in Auburndale. I had to meet the branch manager. She's in there by a, in a room by herself in her, in her managerial office with a mask on. And I walked in. I said, dude, why are you wearing a mask? You can take that off. She goes, well, they, I got my window open right here and the staff inside sees me and, you know, basically the higher-ups at SunTrust have told me that I have to wear a mask at all times. We're only supposed to let one person in the lobby, but she's like, I'm not even enforcing that because it's just so draconian. doesn't even make sense. And so I started talking to her about stuff, and she's fairly awake about what's going on. She goes, I don't really know what to do, Austin. She goes, basically, they tell me if I don't make sure all the employees here, myself, wear a mask at all times, are basically going to be terminated. And I said, well, you tell me I have a medical exemption? They said they pretty much don't even care about that now. It's, it's that whole thing now, they're violating the American Disabilities Act, and that's what I said. I said, I've noticed that now, that the American Disabilities Act doesn't exist anymore because we're in the middle of a pandemic, and it's a national emergency measure. So remember, your rights and HIPAA law and ADA and all that don't really exist anymore from pretty much from what I have found. And I asked her, I said, well, what's so silly is we get these kids running around. I said, I know you got kids. I said, you know, the death rate, the mortality rate of children is point zero 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 three four zero three zero something. It's essentially nothing. And she goes, yeah, I know. She goes, and it's horrible. She goes, I've had to actually pull my daughter out of dance. She goes, because we have a dance class over in Winter Haven, and the instructors come from Orlando, and one of the instructors is a male dance instructor. She goes, I'm not going to dive into that anymore. I said, okay, I catch your drift. And she goes, there, he's making the girls wear masks while they do dance. I said, are you kidding me? She goes, yeah. She goes, we even had a meeting with him. We said, hey, eight of these girls are in class together at school all day. The other two are basically at my daughter's house every weekend. They're like best friends. They're around each other all day, every day. They don't need to wear a mask. He said, absolutely not. They have to wear a mask if they're going to be in my dance class. She said, okay, well, how about we just don't go to dance class for a while now? How about that? And I said, golly, I said, this is insane. And now I'm seeing the list of things from all these states now, Georgia, North Carolina, Utah, New, uh, New York, Colorado, California. These, I mean, literally laundry list of stuff you're supposed to do for Thanksgiving. And it's insane. And there's one in Georgia, they're saying now that you need to quarantine for 14 days 
before you gather together. You need to get tested and limit your contact before you reach your destination. You need to evaluate your travel distance, including how many stops, overnight stays, potential contact with non-household contacts it will take you to reach your destination. Limit the number of people gathering, social distance and wear a mask, even if you've been tested. If you're being tested with a negative result, isn't a free pass to mingle without preventative measures? When you eat a meal, open your window to increase ventilation and keep at least six feet apart. Minimize the number of people handling food. If you or a family member are higher risk, you should reconsider gathering altogether and instead celebrate virtually. Golly, guys. I can't even make this stuff up anymore. And we had a customer uh, in send um, Sharon uh, a direct message on Instagram, you know, ST Brower. And she brought up a very valid point last night. I, I thought about it. I said, well, it's very accurate. She said, isn't it interesting now? We're seeing literally pages of guidelines that people need to follow just to go have Thanksgiving together or just hang out together. And she goes, but just two short weeks ago, we didn't hear a single thing about Halloween. There wasn't a, oh, you can't go trick-or-treat. You can't have a Halloween party. You can't have anybody gather and basically have costumes. You can't run around the street and take candy from people at individual houses. There was none of that. You didn't hear anything about that. You didn't hear, you need to quarantine for 14 days before you go trick-or-treating, and you need to make sure you're a COVID-negative test before you go trick-or-treating. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you guys know me. I am not a proponent, nor a supporter, nor do I engage in Halloween activity whatsoever. I am diametrically opposed to that holiday. Period. But isn't it funny how you have a grossly satanic holiday that's basically a druid ritualistic sacrifice holiday? We've talked about that in detail. You can look it up. I encourage you to do so. I'm not going to get into it today. But it's such a dark, dark holiday, and yet not anything was said about you can't do this, you can't have a Halloween party, you can't go basically trick-or-treating. But now we have literally pages, pages of draconian rules for people if they simply want to go to their family's house to have a Thanksgiving dinner. And I tell, I'm telling you right now, you can quote me on this, wait till Christmas. You think they're going to try to do lockdowns on everybody for Thanksgiving? Wait till after Thanksgiving. One thing that we have seen now, and they did this very clearly with Easter, trying to blatantly ban church during Easter, they're going to try to completely and totally ban Christmas. You can mark my words on that in these draconian states. Now, one thing we're very blessed with down here in Florida, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis' office came out today again and said that they will not be doing any type of lockdowns at all. They went on to say the governor will not lock down and hurt families who can't afford to shelter in place for another six weeks, especially not for a virus that has a 99.8% survival rate. Now, of course, the mainstream media, again, has gone on another kicking spree and tried to done, you know, basically full-blown hatchet jobs on DeSantis, basically saying, as COVID spreads uncontrollably in Florida, DeSantis refuses to lock down. And I'm like... I don't know. I live in Florida. I, I don't see an uncontrollable spread whatsoever. I actually talk to numerous nurses and individuals in healthcare around here, and there's not a significant rise in COVID hospitalizations and deaths whatsoever. Now, we still have people that die in Florida. Roughly 180,000, 200,000 people die every single year in Florida. Not COVID-related. That's just in Florida. 
just in general, because Florida is an interesting state to live in. So that equates to roughly you know fifteen to sixteen thousand people a month die from various reasons. So of course now what they continue to do, as they've been doing for the last eight months, is they put down everything as a COVID death. Doesn't matter what it is, it's a COVID death. Doesn't matter if you get decapitated in a trucking accident. It's a COVID death, and they're still trying to do that, and they're rapidly testing as many people as they can, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the facts. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter how people are feeling. It doesn't matter that we know dozens of people that are running high doses of vitamin C and vitamin D3 after they test positive for COVID and literally are almost completely asymptomatic, and they recover immediately. It doesn't matter. Those, those things don't get talked about. Wake up and keep getting this information out here because the longer that we allow these blithering morons that are running these states and these some of these states are Republican states, sadly enough, and doing these idiotic draconian measures. Remember, psychological operations are built on draconian rules and rules that don't make sense and confusing the prisoner. That's what you do when you're torturing and you're basically doing a psychological war on somebody. It's up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Well, I think we've lost Austin, so I'm going to go ahead and start here. I don't know if Austin's on or I'm on. I, guys, guys, I apologize. This He starts talking about a psychological war as far as torturing people, and all of a sudden he goes off the show, which I find interesting. Uh, a lot of times this happens, by the way, because my show is, of course, monitored every day, as is every show that's telling the truth. But, you know, a lot of times they do different things when they're doing psychological torture, and there's several different things they do as far as setting this up. Number one, they use isolation. Now, this is when they tell you to stay home and you've got to socially distance. You can't leave the house. We're going to shut the businesses down. We're going to shut the restaurants down. We're going to shut the bars down. We're going to shut the movie stations down, the movie shows down. We're going to shut all, right, all the stuff down. All right. That's okay. Let me go Let me go ahead. Let me finish yeah. this and jump back on that, okay? The effect and the purpose of this is it deprives the victim of social support, of their ability to resist, and it develops an intense concern with self. And this could be the home environment. It makes the victim dependent. The variant could be a complete solitary confinement, complete or partial isolation, group isolation. This is all based a lot on what happened with MK Ultra Mind Control. And then they have to basically monopolize perception. They've got to make you think the way they think. They fix attention on immediate predicament. They eliminate information, not in compliance with demands, and they punish independence and a resistance. In other words, if you're not going to wear a mask, you're not being socially responsible. If you're not going to wear a mask, we're going to call you out in public. We're going to tell you how you're being selfish. And the other variant of that would be physical isolation, darkness or bright light, restricted movement, monotonous food. But they're doing all of this to us, guys. Humiliation and degradation, they can make the resistance only more costly than compliance. In other words, animal-level concerns, personal hygiene prevented, demeaning punishments, insults and taunts, denial of privacy. You know, This is where they're doing. This is all going to be part of this giant reset they're doing and of course we're going to have exhaustion when you, you get tired of it I told Austin this morning and, and told Todd our producer I said I just want this stuff over with because the exhaustion weakens the mental and physical ability to resist you know then they can put you into a semi-starvation phase not have you get food that's why I'm, I'm telling you guys you need to store some food sleep deprivation prolonged interrogation overexertion and then of course they're going to threaten you this creates anxiety and despair. You better lock down for Christmas. You better lock down for Thanksgiving. You better social distance. They start threatening you. They got the police come in and arrest you. They can threaten to kill you. They can threaten to take you to a FEMA camp. They can threaten to abandon you, <laughs> make you on your own, isolate you again, threaten your family. They can do all of this stuff. It's all about threats. And then, of course, they can give you an occasional indulgence. 
This gives you positive motivation for compliance. Good little peasants, you wore your mask. Here's a pat on your head. I mean, this is what they do. Yeah, they do occasional favors. Okay, here's a piece of bread. I mean, this is what they did in the concentration camps, in the prisoner war camps. And then they, dem- they demonstrate their supposed omnipotence. They suggest the futility of resistance, you know, like the Borg did in, in Star Trek. Resistance is futile, right? They confront you. They show complete control over the victim. They, they force trivial demands, like get up and dig the ditch over here and then cover it back up and dig it again. Okay? This can, develops a habit of compliance. This is trivial demand. Wear the mask, peasant. Stay six feet apart, peasant. All about forcing trivial demands. And what this is, it teaches you compliance and enforces the rules. And this is what they always do in communism or in, in places where they take over. And, and what we need to realize is this. You know, you got to ask yourself, how are the Rothschilds involved in this? Remember that. we, we got to go back to the Rothschilds. And, and it's not necessarily the Rothschilds, and I've covered this before. It's all of the families that run and own the central banks. It's the bloodline families. I mean, you look at what's going on in the World Economic Forum, what they're doing. This is with George Soros and Bill Gates, who are both Rothschild cutouts. Now they're trying to do a full merger of all of this, the World Economic Forum, George Soros, Bill Gates. You know, in Klaus Schwab's own video in 2030, he tells you the eight predictions that were going to happen for 2030, and he says to you that you will own nothing and you will be happy. Well, why would you be happy? Because the idea is to strip, again, like I just mentioned in this chart I covered, everybody of all property, period. That's communism. And then you're going to be given a guaranteed basic income. And if you don't do what the government tells you to do, like get a vaccine, well, then you're basically your income is suspended. So then how are you going to eat? Because now you can't buy anything. You have to be full compliance because you're an animal. You're not a human being. This is how they look at you. And that's what they're doing. Look, look at the small businesses. Look what's going on. You know, the Democrats didn't want to bail out any small businesses. Why? Because that's what they do in Marxism. If you eliminate small businesses, which another lockdown is going to do, you're going to have serious unemployment because small businesses in the United States employ about 70% of the population. So you get rid of the small businesses, you get rid of the employment for 70% of the populations. That's what's so stupid. I saw a meme the other day, Austin Covered. He said, this time let's close down the big corporations, let mom and pop businesses make some money on this lockdown. They're trying to do everything. They're trying to change everything. And we need to understand. They're trying to implement the Chinese credit score, the Chinese lockdown, the Chinese way of life in the United States. Remember, the Rothschilds developed that after the Soviet Union, after Russia was overthrown with the Tsar. Now, in the last six years, they've been doing all of this stuff in Europe. They've been trying to do everything they possibly can to stimulate the economy in Europe. And they can't stimulate it because they're giving them negative interest rates. You can't stimulate debt at negative levels. People don't want to give you a thousand dollars and come back a year later and get five hundred dollars. They don't want to do that. They can't sell debt at negative levels. And that's the whole system's based upon debt acquisition. That's Keynesian economics. Pension funds are basically on the brink of complete insolvency in Europe. Over fifty of them are basically broke. This is in Germany alone. So what we've got to do is we've got to look at what's happening all over the world and how they're planning on doing this. And they're basically trying to completely get rid of socialism, which we have a form of, by the way, already here in the United States because of Cloward and Piven and because of what happened with all of the unions and what happened with all of the pensions and what happened with all of the stuff. When the unions came in 100 years ago and said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to force you to pay our employees a pension, 
instead of the employee being disciplined enough to save their money, invest their money, get their homes paid for and their cars paid for, and put money into the bank, we're going to give you a pension for the rest of your life. Well, that's how they control the teachers' unions. That's how they control you know, the Teamsters. Everybody gets controlled through pensions. This is, this is total Marxism, guys, and it deals with Cloward and Piven. If you overwhelm the system enough with debt, and then every generation has to take care of the other generation, and the next generation has to take care of that generation, then you have these fixed expenses that you have to pay back. These are your liabilities, or your, they call them their legacy costs. And after a period of a few decades, 30, 40, 50 years with legacy costs, the taxes have to be raised so high on the people that are still working to cover the legacy costs that the standard of living goes down into the toilet. You see all of these small towns and small cities, they're back. Now, right now, they're fiscally bankrupt because they can't pay the legacy expenses from the last 50 years of employees who've retired. People say, well, I gave 50 years of my life, and I, needed, I, I deserve to have a pension. Well, okay. The problem is we've been set up to believe that because of Cloward and Piven and because of communism. You know? Remember, it was the French that convinced Marx that socialism wasn't good enough. They had to go to communism. That was the French Revolution. See, the same thing is happening here. The French Revolution, they start to go out and start killing everybody. So the government basically has no way to pay up this debt anymore because of Keynesian economics. So what they want to do is they want to basically do a big reset in which you no longer have any money coming in, that they're no longer borrowing money, they're going to start printing money, and it's going to cause a massive destruction of the dollar and a massive destruction of the lifestyle we've all had in the United States for so many decades. This has been done on a scale that has never been seen before here in the United States. It's because the United Nations and the George Soros Open Society program, both of which are controlled through the Rothschild banking cartels, will be the supreme government. And they want to set the supreme court up in Tel Aviv. I've told you that yesterday and run it through Noahide laws. And so now you have the politicians handling this because they feel the system is broke, which it is, because Keynesian economics has failed. And the only way to maintain their power is to go authoritarian. Keynesian economics just does this. They basically build in systematic inflation into the money supply to cover the outstanding debt. In other words, the only way the economy can work is it has to borrow money from the central bank to increase the money supply so that you can continue to service the debt because the interest is never printed. That's exactly what Keynesian economics is. And that's what's happened to us in the last hundred years with Keynesian economics with this doggone central bank that we have. So now we owe them trillions and trillions of, of dollars. And that's what we have to understand is that Keynesian economics is broke. You know, you look at Germany. If you look at their internal memos, they're already, they're already planning on suspending their elections in August. In other words, they don't want to get rid of this contrived pandemic. They don't want to get rid of coronavirus, which doesn't exist in a pandemic form. Because masks and social distancing, all this is being used to prevent civil unrest. This is the real takeover. This is going to be communism all over the country, all over the world again. And they want to make you social distance, not be in crowds, unless it's their group that's protesting, their group that's rioting, and they don't have to social distance, and they don't have to wear masks. And we've seen this for the last six or eight months now. They want to do everything they can to prevent this group, us, the patriots, from rising up and saying, no, we're not going to do this anymore. At this stage, what we see here is the government, because of debt, is starting to fall apart. We see this now with what's happening in the court systems. We see this right now what's happening with this bogus election with tens of millions of votes cast that aren't really real votes. We see the fact that Trump either, either is the greatest patriot we've ever had in this country or the big, biggest actor we've ever had in this country. There's nothing in the middle. I personally lean on the greatest actor we've ever had in this country. Why? Because, you know, what has he done? 
Has he really gone after the deep state? He's put more CFR members in the positions of power in his administration than any other president in the history of the United States. CFR is the Council on Foreign Relations, a Rothschild organization that was specifically developed after World War I with the fail of the legal nations. And when he basically did this, the, the, the CFR members are dedicated to a one-world government and a one-world religion and a one-world everything because they want to have control. And the CFR was set up specifically by the Rothschild banking cartel. Listen to Myron Fagan's tape. I posted on our website. I'll post it again today from 1967. It's an audio record that he did that explains in detail who the CFR is and how the Rothschilds formed them. This is all a Kabbalist international banking takeover. I tell you guys that all of the time. That's what this is. That's why we have to stand against it. Donald Trump was bought out and sold out to the Kabbalist bankers in 1989 by Wilbur Ross, who was then working for Rothschild, Inc. I'm not making it up. The name's actually Rothschild, Inc. And I told you a few weeks ago on a show, I think it was that we did on September 25th, I talked, it went into detail on how George Soros is specifically controlled through Rothschild banking cartels and through central banks. Actually gave you the dates, the places, the times, and posted the full article on our website. This is who's doing all of this stuff. They're basically... This whole social programming, a socialistic program that we've had from Cloward and Piven with all these internal debts and internal pension programs and Social Security and all the rest. Remember, Social Security was brought to us by FDR, who was a devout communist. That's what he was. He was a devout communist. He brought us Social Security to make us low, make us dependent upon the government. Before we had FDR, before we had Social Security, what we had was people saved money. People had savings accounts. People invested their money, and the churches were there to help the people in the event that they were hungry or if they needed help. But we don't do that anymore in the churches in most cases because the government here to help, and that's where we find ourselves again. And again, they're trying to promote this great reset, which is communism, which is what they're trying to do, and they're basically trying to destroy the United States and the very fabric of our society so that we no longer have the ability to function as a free and civilized society. This is Cloward and Piven that was brought to us by the Frankfurt School. In other words, you overwhelm the government, if you want to take the government down, with social welfare programs until the government has printed so much money and accrued so much debt to itself that it can no longer sustain itself. There's no money in the Social Security Trust Fund. All the money has been taken out and put into other programs by the federal government with basically an IOU stuck into the Social Security administration's program. That's why they're always having to raise Social Security taxes, because they keep using all the cash that's in there, and they keep running out of the cash. It's so important that we understand that right now we are the precipice of a new world order, a precipice of a new world Rothschild order, a new world all-seeing eye order, which they've already put on the back of our dollar bills. This is Einsoff. It's to denote Einsoff. The snake in a tree that's practiced through Kabbalah. That's who's running the planet. I can't be... And it's so funny. I read all of these commentaries and all of these articles and all of these people, and I'm talking PhDs in economics, writing these articles and talking about this. And nobody will talk about the Zohar. Nobody will talk about the Kabbalah. Nobody will talk about the fact that Donald Trump's own daughter and son-in-law are Kabbalists. And they're in the White House with him. Nobody will talk about the fact that this is complete and total fabrication, all the obfuscation, all the news you see, everything that you read and hear about this virus that doesn't exist as a pandemic, 
unless they unleash a real one. And then we have this one person coming out last week and saying, we're going to unleash the Kraken. Oh, my gosh. And well, we're still waiting for the Kraken to get unleashed as more and more of Donald Trump's legal teams withdraw their cases from the state courts. Guys, all of this stuff. There's watermarks on all the ballots, and we're going to have this thing. We're, we've got this is a deep state state. No, it's not. We talked about that in detail. And where's the Kraken? You know, that's what I want to know. I want to know where the Kraken is, this giant sea monster that's going to come from the depths of the sea and basically destroy everything. Well, are they going to destroy everything? Is the Kraken going to destroy the United States too? Why would you use those types of metaphors? I mean, this whole thing is so screwed up when you stop and look at what they're doing to us from a psychop and all of these things. I'm going to release the Kraken, and it gets, you know, 20 million views. You know, that we talk to you about, it's the Kabbalah. And we get, you know, a few thousand, a few hundred thousand views, not 20 million. And why is that? Because they don't, pro they don't point the search engine towards us. You know, Chuck Baldwin comes out with his articles. Now, all of a sudden, this morning, I go to Chuck Baldwin's website. His whole website's down. It was down, down, down. I was going to pull up all the – he has a whole list of the CFR members that Trump's appointed. I was going to read you a bunch of them this morning. Can't even pull it up. Why is that? Well, because they don't like Chuck Baldwin. Because he's not following the narrative. The Q narrative – I've got a friend of mine who's heavy in the Q narrative. And it's always this Pollyanna thing going on. Oh, Donald Trump's going to have the deep state by the throat. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. All right. Okay. That's, that's like Hillary Clinton basically went to jail. And this morning, Joe Biden comes out and says, I have no interest in prosecuting President Trump for anything that he's done while he's been in office. Well, of course they don't. Of course they don't. It's like Trump had no interest in prosecuting Hillary. Why? Because they're all actors on a stage. That's all they are. Austin, what do you think, bud? Oh, absolutely. I mean, one doesn't have to go much further than look at what's been said at the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab. I mean, basically the German economics or economist that basically is the executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. Um, I talked about this on the Hagman Show the other day, and this, is, this has been going on for years. Back in 2016, they tweeted from the World Economic Forum, and they said, and I quote, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy by 2030. That's what they've talked about, the World Economic Forum. And what they're getting ready to do is they're getting ready to make it so you have no personal property. You can read this with the World Economic Forum. They've talked about this for years. And this is where this is going with this great reset. They've said now that you, know, you don't need private property. You don't need vehicles. You don't need any of that. We have this collective group that's basically going to be this utopia where everybody just kind of uses and rents things as they need it. Now, of course, you can realize real quick when you have an out-of-control, tyrannical world government, it's not going to be as euphoric as they're trying to paint the pretty little picture. Because once you start not owning things and you don't own your own property and you don't own your own vehicles, at that point in time, you realize real quick that everything can be taken from you literally in a wisp if you don't do exactly what you're told. And that's where all this is going with the COVID vaccine. That's where this is going to lead to with the housing. That's what they've said before. They want to make it so they basically collateralize all the debt from all the homes in the United States and use them basically as debt in the reset, and you don't own your home. They'll get rid of all your debt, but you basically have to sign over your possessions, and you'll be debt-free, but you'll own nothing. You will literally be a servant to them, and that's exactly what they're going for now. This is why Britain, and there's so many areas, including California, that are starting to push this now. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson 
has now said they plan to announce next week the ban on the sale of all new petrol and diesel cars by 2030. Britain had originally planned to ban the sale of all new petrol and diesel-powered cars by 2040. However, now they said Johnson has now intended to move the day forward to 2030 in a speech on environmental policy he's expected to give next week. They said the end, end to the sale of new petrol and diesel cars would mark a huge shift in Britain's automotive market. Industrial features show that petrol and diesel-powered cars account for 74% of all new car sales so far this year alone, while only 5% of the sales were for pure electric vehicles, which are typically more, much more expensive, and hybrid vehicles ate up a small portion of that as well. Remember I told you guys before, how, how do you plan on making this work? How is this actually supposed to be feasible? When you have a market and you have companies and you have employees and you have everything that's based on the petroleum industrial complex, including tires, including plexiglass, I mean, the list goes on the line of petroleum-based products, and now all of a sudden you're just going to up and ban vehicles? What's going to happen to the hundreds of millions of vehicles all across the globe? What are you going to do with them? What do you do with all these vehicles? And ain't just a cash for clunkers where they're going to take in, you know, two or 300,000 vehicles. You're going to talk about tens of millions of vehicles just in the United States alone. What do you, what do, you do with that? What do you do with that in the U.K.? Obviously, they're pushing this to the electronic vehicle market, which is where it's going. I've talked to you guys about this before. The inefficiency of the electronic vehicle market and the ability to control and monitor and dictate what an electronic vehicle can and can't do. And this is tying all into the autonomous vehicle market, which will be tied into the Internet of Things, which is the 6G system. One of our good listeners, friends, and customers told you guys I had a meeting with him in Orlando years ago. Ted and I went over there. And he's very, very against autonomous vehicles, and he said that exact same reason. He said the only way autonomous vehicles work, basically self-driving cars, the only way they work is pretty much every vehicle on the road has to be a self-driving car, and you have to have giant 5G towers everywhere, which now we know 5G rolls into 6G, which is where they're taking this. It has to be everywhere so the vehicles can talk and interact with one another and tie into the Internet of Things. That's where it's going now with this, and that's why they're trying to push them. Because then at that point in time, it'll be like the Chinese social credit score. If you, they don't want you to get in your vehicle, they don't want your vehicle to drive you, if you haven't paid your extra carbon tax fee, if you haven't gotten your new COVID-2030 vaccine, they're just going to say, oh, sorry, Austin, you're no longer able to use this vehicle until you've gotten your updated vaccine record. You know, what the heck are you talking about? And so what they're going to start doing is they're going to price the gasoline and diesel engines, and they're going to tax them out of the market. What they're going to start doing is, you guys already saw this, the new Hummer, electric Hummer, perfect example, GM's coming out with. GM, total globalist company, banker-controlled, bought and paid for in 2008. They completely took it over the hostile takeover with what they did in 2008. You guys already know this. Okay. So GM, banker company, we've clarified this. The Hummer, the new Hummer, electric Hummer that's coming out, is roughly $110,000, $120,000 for the nice one that you can actually drive like 300 miles on. And, uh, you know, with nice amenities, $110,000, $120,000. Well, has anybody noticed the diesel truck market and the car market is slowly approaching that same number? I looked the other day online, just out of curiosity, a new 2021 Escalade. You know, I mean, unbelievably nice vehicle. I haven't seen one in person yet. Been reading about it though, and I went and built one online just for giggles. Cause I want to see what it is. It's about one hundred ten, hundred fifteen thousand dollars for a loaded up Escalade. So 
same thing, you start looking at these newer diesel trucks, you know, new F-250 Platinums, you know, pushing $80,000, $85,000 now. They're all starting to increase the price higher and higher and higher. What's going to happen is they're going to start having diesel and gasoline-powered vehicles. They're going to surpass the cost of electric vehicles at some point. So in the near future, you get ready for this. You guys can replay this in probably five to ten years, and everybody's going to look back and say, man, I can't believe Austin said this. He was right. In the next five to ten years, what's going to happen is diesel trucks like F-250s, they're going to be upwards of $140,000 to $150,000 for these trucks. And it's not going to be the cost of building. It's going to be the taxes that are pushed on these vehicles. They're going to say these are carbon emission polluters. They're unbelievably inefficient vehicles. They push all this efficient, inefficient out. They get 30 miles per gallon on diesel fuel. Ugh, yucky diesel fuel. Disgusting stuff. We need to phase this out. So if you want to buy one of these vehicles, you're going to have to pay the carbon emission tax. It's going to be $150,000, $160,000 for an F-250 now. You're going to go, oh my gosh, this is unfathomable. I can't pay for this anymore. I can't, I can't write this vehicle off through my business because I don't even make enough money to write this vehicle off to take it as a loss. What am I supposed to do as far as actually driving it and making it cash flow with an ROI if I'm trying to use vehicle transport across country? It's not going to work. This is what they're betting on. This is why now they've also come out, numerous individuals, because they're getting ready for this now, Numerous individuals, including Ted Tugnat, which is the British MP and chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee, has now come out two days ago and said he could certainly see the day when people who are refused to entry into pubs and restaurants because they have not taken their vaccine and that they may not be allowed to return to their workplace until they've had their vaccine. They go on to say here, Zero Hedge basically put the article up here and said UK citizens could be banned from going into work without proof of a COVID vaccine. This is where they're going with this, guys, and this is what they're going to do with more and more lockdowns. Now, here's the kicker. We don't have to consent to this. I can yell and scream about this every single day, and I can talk to every single person that I, I mean person till I'm blue in the face, and I will continue to do so. We don't have to consent to this. I can't make it any clearer than that. You don't have to comply. These are unlawful, unjust actions, just like the face mask. The face mask had been put into place specifically to gain compliance and force people to realize it's not that big of a deal to do this. I know I don't like doing it. I know it compromises my immune system. I know it decreases my oxygen. I know it raises my CO2. But you know what? It's easier just to comply. The masks were the first nail in the coffin of the world, and including the United States of America. Hence why I've been so adamant, so aggressive, and pushed so hard the ability to stand in your ground on this. Now you're starting to see that Melbourne... Australia. Remember, I've been talking about how Australia has been just the epicenter for insane lockdowns, even though the, even the amount of COVID deaths they allegedly said they had had been abysmal, realistically. Now they're saying in Melbourne, now we know why, Melbourne now is set to become the home of the new high-tech manufacturing plant to help secure the nation against future pandemics. Oh, so they're already planning on future pandemics now. Okay, so they're getting everybody planned. They said a $1.8 billion deal was struck by the federal government and will see Telmarine Complex become the largest vaccine manufacturing facility in the Southern Hemisphere. The Victorian government said the factory would be the only cell-based influenza vaccine manufacturing facility and will also produce other life-saving products, such as the world's only Q-fever vaccine. It will also have the capacity to rapidly scale up vaccine production in response to any future pandemic and guarantee the nation with a priority supply. 
Now we know why that why Australia has been so compliant with all this nonsense with COVID because they're planning on making basically Australia the epicenter for the war the Southern Hemisphere's largest vaccine production facility, and that's exactly where this is going. Now Denmark, you have them on the other hand, forced vaccination laws in Denmark have now been abandoned after massive public protest. The epidemic law, which would have handed the Danish government the power to enact mandatory quarantine measures against anyone infected with a dangerous disease, but it was the part about forced vaccinations that caused the biggest uproar. The Danish Health Authority would be able to define groups of people who must be vaccinated in order to contain and eliminate a dangerous threat, reported the local news. People who refused the above in some situations could be hurst to physical detainment with a police allowed to assist. However, after nine straight aggressive days of protest against the new law, it was completely and totally scrapped. Bravo, Danish population. You stood your ground on this one. I am proud of you. Now get ready for the next phase that they're going to try to hit you with again. But again, these they stand up. They stood up for the rights. They said, no, we're not going to comply to this, guys. There's 330 million of us in the United States, and we're literally allowing a few select people, including bobblehead Fauci and a few other people at the top of the pyramid, the New World Order globalist pyramid, to tell us what we can and can't do. This is why I've said civil disobedience in this current situation is the best and easiest way to handle this. The next phase is not so easy. There's no more basic civil disobedience. It becomes violent on both sides. That's how it becomes in every dictatorship, in every tyranny, every single time. This is why I've told everybody, there is not a single point in time why I ever plan or ever intend or ever encourage anybody to relinquish your firearms. Standing your ground and owning your firearms will be the biggest hurdle that we're going to have to maintain next. If this whole thing with Trump goes sideways, which it appears it's going now, I was really hoping that they were going to basically not allow a complete and total fraudulent election to take place, but it appears it's going to happen. It appears that's what the bankers willed, and it's appearing that's where it's going to go. Now, we'll see what happens. Hopefully it turns around, and if it does turn around, get prepared for more violence from the left. As Dad said, we can't protest. We can't have Thanksgiving dinner. But if they want to have their violent communists go out and protest and burn down cities, that's perfectly okay because that's their agenda. This is where we're starting to see this head. And the more people that comply with draconian rules and unlawful orders, they're showing them that we're going to be compliant and we're going to allow this to happen the further and further down the line it goes. And again, nobody's going to say a word. We're just going to go quietly into the night as one of probably the greatest nation that ever existed will go out with a whimper in the dark like a pathetic country. That is not something that I can let happen on my watch. And I encourage all of you to not let it happen on your watch. Continue to get this information out there. Continue to talk to people everywhere you go. Continue to talk about freedom and masks and rights and consent. Be that vocal person. And the more you do this, the more we can wake more people up because that's the easiest option right now. I've used this analogy multiple times, and it should be a very clear defining factor. These masks are like dealing with an enemy coming at you a thousand meters out, and you've got a 50 cal or a 338 Lapua, and you know exactly what to do. Pretty easy to handle your enemy at that point. The masks are that. The vaccines, they're right on top of you. 
fix the bayonets. They're in the trench now. It's done. It's over with. Basically, it's you and them nose to nose in the trench. Once the vaccines go into place and they start putting a mandatory vaccine, it's going to increase and the level of tyranny is going to escalate at a rapid pace i don't think anybody can even comprehend right now look at what has happened to us in just eight nine short months in this country think about what's going to happen when these people think they have the right to come in and start telling you you have to have a vaccine or you can't go to a pub or a restaurant like the mp just said or you can't go back to work until you have a vaccine that my friends is going to be a point in time where you're going to have to get real nitty-gritty, and you're going to have to make a choice on what you're willing to do. Take a recumbent, basically RNA vaccine that has aborted fetal tissue in it and go back to work like a good little slave and show you that they can, you consent to their tyranny, or you're going to have to stand your ground and say, well, we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do for work or another job or what's the next option we're going to do. And that's not a place you want to be, hence why I've said the masks are the first line of defense that people need to be fighting against, Dad. What do you think? That was, that was extremely well done. And by the way, the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine states the vaccine contains the cells of aborted male Caucasian babies. Caucasian. Yes. Oh, yeah. Now, if, if, it, if it said black male babies, everybody go insane. But see, white people are okay to be used as far as experimentation, be cut up in little pieces and ground up and have their bodies torn to pieces because they were aborted and used in vaccines. Also, they're putting us... You're putting in C-H-A-D-O-X-I-O-X-1. What is that? That's basically recombinant DNA. The word recombinant DNA refers to the DNA, which is formed by combining DNA from multiple sources. It is a result of genetic recombination. Two different DNAs are combined with each other to create a new DNA molecule, which is not found in or on the planet. It is known as a recombinant DNA or chimeric DNA, and foreign DNA can be easily inserted into another organism's genome to recreate a DNA molecule. In other words, it's going to change you. It's going to change you. You know, they're not only going to give you the derived lung tissue of basically 14-week-old aborted Caucasian male fetuses. They're going to put all kinds of stuff inside of you. Now, they're also urgently seeking an artificial intelligence software tool to process the high-expected, high-volume of COVID-19's adverse drug reactions to ensure that no details from the ADR reaction test are missed. In other words, if you think that they're going to put something in you that's going to be perfectly safe, you're dreaming. But here's the problem. The vast majority of the people here in the United States you know, are more caught up in Kim Kardashian or more caught up with the, uh, <laughs> the almost 100,000 boys now that are basically suing the Boy Scouts of America as far as for basically being pedophiles, which is something we've done for a long, long time, or they're trying to figure out exactly what TV show they're going to watch, not what sports program they're going to watch, and they're not going to be aware of it. Yesterday, my 18-year-old daughter has decided she may want to go into the military instead of going to college, and that's something that you cannot control an 18-year-old. If they want to do that, they do that. But I was in the recruiting office yesterday because she's still 17, and I was talking to him, and I asked her about the vaccines, about how do you get away with not taking all of the vaccines. And it was, it was interesting because the only way you can do it is still with the religious exemption, but that's very difficult to do, they say, in the military. Well, then I got kind of, how should I say, in a sanguine phase, and I said, well, what are you guys doing about the 1,000 square miles of poppy in, poppy in Afghanistan, the $1.5 trillion of heroin coming into the United States? And you could almost hear a pin drop. I mean, everybody went quiet. And I said, oh, we all going to pretend like that's not real? And all of a sudden one guy says, well, we've heard about that, but I've never 
ever seen it. And I said, well, I have pictures of some of our listeners driving through poppy fields. And then finally one of them said, well, you have to be very careful. You've got to sign papers. You cannot damage the poppy crops. And then my response was, why don't we use Agent Orange or basically Roundup or glyphosate since we like those products so much to spray them. See, here's one of the things that we need to understand. We used a lot of Agent Orange in Vietnam and Cambodia, you know, as a defoliant to kill the plants, right? So we supposedly could have better jungle warfare and fight better in the, in the, in the jungles. You know what else we used that for? Was to spray the poppy fields of the opposing factions of the people that were raising poppy and pressing heroin and growing heroin, growing, you know, opiates in Southeast Asia that were against the growth of our poppies and our heroin in Southeast Asia. And Kennedy knew about this. That whole Southeast Asia war was fought for one of the primary reasons who was going to control the poppy of Southeast Asia. Don't you remember the secret missions, bombing missions we had in Cambodia and the Laos? The secret, the completely, totally, nobody could talk about this as we dropped napalm. What were we dropping napalm on? More poppy fields that were in competition with us? But they were secret, so we don't know, so we can only speculate. And this lack of communication always breeds speculation, doesn't it? So all we find out, and then we find out later that there were 50 kilos of heroin being put into the caskets and the body bags of the soldiers coming out of Southeast Asia who were dead. Maybe that's why we had 50,000 dead. Maybe the more people who died, the more heroin we could bring in. Oh, yeah. We could talk about this all day, but I'm not going to do that because we have other things that are going on right now. But I did bring that up to the group yesterday, and they were actually pretty engaging. They were actually quite intelligent, and I actually enjoyed speaking to them. By the way, a German neurologist now says that masks cause oxygen deprivation and permanent brain damage, especially in children. We covered that a few weeks ago. I wanted to mention it again. Dr. Margreta Greis. Bryson, MD, PhD, a world-renowned neurologist from Germany, has warned that face masks cause oxygen deprivation and permanent neurological damage, especially in the developing brains of children. Nerve cells in the hippocampus is part of the brain. They could not survive longer than three minutes without oxygen. The acute warning symptoms are headaches, drowsiness, dizziness, issues in concentration, slowing down of reaction time, reactions of the cognitive system, the symptoms disappear if oxygen deprivation is chronic, but the damage continues. The second problem is that the nerve cells in the brain are unable to divide themselves normally and will no longer be regenerated. And what is gone is gone. She says, to the private child or an adolescent's brain from oxygen is restricted in any way. is not only dangerous to their health, it is absolutely criminal as the damage is permanent. Now, you see this with pilots who fly small planes that aren't pressurized. You know, they could fly up to 12,000 feet. After that, you're starting to go into oxygen deprivation and you start to have a slowdown of your ability to think and to concentrate and to function at the controls of the airplane. So there's all types of restrictions where you have to carry bottled oxygen with you to go that high to continue to breathe oxygen so you don't have an issue. Because when you're flying an airplane, especially if it's, when you've got one that has, you know, like it's like a tricycle landing, you're one in the front and two on the side. It's like landing a tricycle at 100 miles an hour on a runway or on a freeway. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be awake at what you're doing. And the people that go into the Marine Corps as pilots and in the Army and the Navy and as pilots and the Air Force as pilots, they learn very, very quickly, you gotta be careful at altitude. This is why they have masks drop down on airplanes if they lose pressurization. Because you'll start to have all kinds of side effects, like you suffocate. And so this is one of the problems of wearing these masks for these young children. And we have to understand why they're doing this and how they're doing it. 
It causes causing permanent brain damage. I get so angry when I see children, little two and three year old children walking around wearing just unbelievably tight masks. The kids don't know any better. They've been told by their parents to do this. Their hands have been slapped when they try to pull the mask off. You know, all of these things are being used to demolish the human psyche. That's what we're doing. I mean, we're trying to use the same techniques used to break the minds of war prisoners. You know, in outlined in a document called the Biderman's Chart of Coercion, which I just read to you a few minutes ago, to break down the population of the United States to be obedient slaves and to listen. Oh, battalions now breaking the red zone, the quarantine zone, the quarantine risk of up to they risk up to six years in prison. What? Yeah, in Italy, some regions designated as coronavirus red zones have strict lockdown rules, and people could face as many as six years in prison. This is right now, guys. If they violate quarantine or lie to public officials, all travel except for buying food and other necessary goods is prohibited. Remember, you got to lock them down. Those caught lying to officials while trying to visit a relative or to buy food or to eat or to visit a friend face a prison sentence of one to six years. Visit a friend or a relative or get food? Those positive for coronavirus who leave their homes and infect others can be tried for culpable epidemic transmission. There's a new term. Culpable epidemic transmission and face sentence between six months and three years in prison. Are we really going to allow this to happen? I mean, what has happened to the Italian? What happened to the Italian resolve? Are they just going to lay back and let these guys do this to them? Apparently so. By the way, the mainstream media is demonizing a huge freedom rally in Leipzig, Germany. They're saying how unruly these Germans are. Since August, German cities have been have marched every week against coronavirus policies, such as lockdowns and mandated masks. The Children's Health Defense Fund has reported that the crowds of tens of thousands have demonstrated with messages of peace, prayers, and meditation. Police tried to shut down the protest because no one was wearing a mask or maintaining social distancing, but the crowd was too large to handle. Gradually, the peace began to side with the demonstrators. And hundreds, perhaps thousands of doctors are now speaking out against the senseless and harmful coronavirus policies enacted by the communist Angela Merkel, who is a Rothschild stooge. Mainstream news outlets reported that the protesters attacked journalists and that police were right-wing extremists. This is what they're saying now in response to this. The CHD reported, however, that the black bloc has infiltrated the pro-freedom movement to incite violence and cast it in a bad light. The black bloc is commonly associated with anarchist groups such as Antifa. Bavaria's state premier has requested the intelligence service to investigate the peaceful movement characterizing it as a growing conglomeration of right-wing extremists, anti-Semites, and absurd conspiracy theorists who accuse politics of Satanism. Well, how about that? They're actually calling <laughs> Satanists and Satanists this time. By the way, California judge is now allowing strip clubs to open, citing First Amendment, as the churches remain shuttered in California. Judge Joel Wolfel ruled that the state cannot take any action to prevent strip clubs from being allowed to provide live adult entertainment and must allow them to reopen. The owners had argued that First Amendment rights were being violated, and the judge agreed. At the same time, churches in California have been blocked in legal struggles with state authorities for months to remain closed. Church is fine. Pastors find on and on and on. Oh, by the way, the U.S. Syria envoy Jim Jeffrey admits lying to President Trump to keep the war, the Rothschild Syria war, going. Are you listening to this, friends? James Jeffrey, a never Trumper who was appointed by Mike Pompeo as a special agent to Syria envoy in 2018, 
Why does Donald Trump put these people in, by the way, guys? Is bragging about lying to President Trump to preserve the endless war in Syria. In an interview, Jeffrey said, we were always playing shell games to not make clear our leadership and how many troops we had in northeast Syria. Jeffrey laughed <laughs> about thwarting Trump's orders to withdraw from Syria, saying, what Syria withdrawal? There was never a Syria withdrawal. Jeffrey now praises Trump for his Middle East policy, oh my goodness, and says that troop levels in Syria remain the same regardless of who wins the election. You hear that? Why? In 2016, Jeffrey praised Biden by saying he was the only one in the Obama administration to save the war in Iraq. Trying to save the war in Iraq? Yeah. Why are they in Syria? Because Qatar wanted to run a pipeline through Syria, and they said no because they want to compete against Russia with a pipeline going into Europe. That's why they overthrew the government in Syria. There was nothing wrong with the government of Syria. They decided to demonize the president of Syria and to take over Syria and basically cause a civil war in Syria because they wanted to steal the land for the, oh, should I dare say it, the greater Israeli program there. Because remember, Syria borders with, with, with Israel. All of this stuff, guys, is happening right around us and nobody's paying attention to us and don't attention to what's happening because we're all too caught up with what's happening here with Kim Kardashian's buttocks or Donald Trump's tweets or all of the weird stuff with the CFR members being put into the administration or, 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 or. It's all obfuscation while they install 5G, inject you with aborted fetal cells from Caucasian babies and make you think that you're going to have the best life you've ever had under a communist president. What a bunch of weirdos. Guys, remember, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the perfecter of our faith. Stay with Jesus. Pray. I haven't had a chance to pray for you guys. I'm going to pray for you just in a few minutes. But guys, you got to pray every day. If you're married, out loud with your spouse. If you're not married and you've got kids, out loud with your kids. Pray out loud every single day and ask God to direct and to guide you. And stand firm in the faith and stand against tyranny. I can't urge you enough to do that. Austin, what are you thinking? Go ahead and finish it up. Well said. The more we get this information out there, the better. Also, to another health news, this is interesting. You know, over the years, I've always urged people to be very cautious on allowing your children to be using antibiotics when they're sick. A lot of pediatricians are very antibiotic happy. They love to just hand out antibiotics like Pez. And in reality, they should really only be used for a very, very, very specific reason that there's no other options and all options have been exhausted, including high doses of vitamin C and D3. Now they're showing now children younger than two who are given antibiotics are more likely to have a number of ongoing illnesses later on in life, the new study finds. It said babies and toddlers who receive at least one dose of antibiotics were more likely to have asthma, eczema, hay fever, food allergies, and problems with weight and obesity and ADD later on in childhood, according to the study published Monday in the Mayo Clinic Proceedings. Researchers analyzed data from over 14,500 children who are part of the Rochester Epidemiology Project, a long-term study which analyzed the medical records of volunteers in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Some 70% of the children in the study had received at least one antibiotic, with most receiving multiple antibiotics. They said among the children who received one or two prescriptions, girls were at significantly higher risk to develop asthma and celiac disease compared to those who were unexposed. And so this is something that, again, if there's a serious infection, if there's something going on, by all means, that's what antibiotics are there for. But very cautious with some of these pediatricians because that's the first thing they want to do is go, put them on antibiotics, put them on antibiotics, put them on antibiotics. Oh, the antibiotics didn't work, put them on another round of antibiotics. And people don't realize antibiotics can be a very, very dangerous merry-go-round. 
that you can get stuck on or your children can get stuck on. So please do research. Look at the natural alternatives if you're dealing with an ear infection, if you're dealing with a problem, if you're dealing with a health condition with a child. I'm not saying that medical intervention is not necessary because sometimes it can be depending on what's happening. So don't quote me on that. I'm not telling you to not work with a doctor if you need to. But what I am saying is always know that there may be another option to look at and I encourage you to do so. That's why we have so many articles on our website, different options and so forth. So please do your research. Be a proactive parent. Be engaged in the health of your children. Don't be that parent that every time your child simply has a sniffle or a cough or has to blow their nose once, you run them to the pediatrician to get them tested out. A lot of parents get like that because they've been trained that the doctors are the only options available for any purpose whatsoever, and that's simply not always the case. So again, thank you again for supporting Health Masters. Thank you for supporting local businesses. Thank you for supporting companies and radio shows in general that are speaking the truth. There's a few of us out there, but there's not a lot anymore. A lot of us have been censored. A lot of us have basically been compromised. Not myself, not our friends, but there's some out there that have been compromised. And so thank you again for supporting the companies like Health Masters that are trying to do the best they can to bring you the latest news and also the highest quality supplements we can physically produce. Thank you for that support. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. Be sure to check out the Magnesium Brain Food, one of our number one selling products. Product of the week right now. Actually, it's on November sale. Excuse me, 12% off. Be sure to check that out and the product of the week as well. Healthmasters.com. Also, we have a brand new batch of the organic food buckets that just came in again. And we have more of the meat buckets that are coming in. So if you're still working on your stockpile, if you're still stocking up water, food, supplies, ammo, be sure to get it prepped. Thank you for everything you do and you continue to do. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Keep up the good work. Keep talking the truth. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.